head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast the pride of limerick the young man named sean sheehan the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody to episode 196 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today as always by the Joffrey Baratheon of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. As we, do you know who that is, do you? No, like I was just about to say, about 90% of the time, I don't know who <laughs> uh, the fuck you're talking I'd about. Say, I'd say 90% of the people listening to this podcast will probably know who that is, but you should, no, you shouldn't, I don't, you don't actually, you, you, if you kept, uh, if you kept going with the thing that I'm talking about, you would, you would eventually have known, but you, you don't know at the moment anyway, because you're a, you're a fucking, so who is it? It's the, uh, the king, wow, shit, spoiler alert, <laughs> it's, okay, it's the prince that went on to be a king in Game of Thrones, the, the legend. The, the new Mad King, absolutely. Where legend. people are gonna Jumping be so around. mad, you're Kobe Covington. Well, it's it happens in like the first what eight? No, yeah, six episodes of the 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 first season, and we're on to the eighth season now, coming up here next month. So it's not that much of a spoiler. If you haven't seen it by now, go fuck yourself. Like you know, I'm watching it back for the second. Strong day. words from a strange man. <laughs> that's it, indeed. That's it, indeed. Any crack with you anyway? Did you have a good weekend? Yeah, good good weekend so far. I was I was up in um up in Belfast yesterday just uh ice skating and then really? uh yeah. There's an ice rink up there. There isn't any ice rinks in Dublin anymore. There used to be two, but uh don't think there's any anymore that are open all year round. I'm terrible at it and I hurt my ankle, but uh besides that, yeah. <laughs> gone soft gone fell over twice I've never been ice skating and I've never been to the north of Ireland. I better go before this hard border comes in with Brexit. Be a time yeah, yeah. Go, yeah, so I was going to make a joke about the UK, but I better not. Yeah, you better not. Andrew McGann will kill you if he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guess McGann will McGann. kill me. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You wouldn't know now, though. He's got out there fucking wrestling these uh, European champions and all, so maybe he would. Maybe he'd take it. Right, he's an awful shy talker, isn't he? He, is, yeah, he definitely is. He definitely is. Anyway. So he definitely doesn't listen to the podcast. He never even listened or watched MMA when he was when he was doing the podcast, <laughs> so it's okay. He'll say whatever he wants. <laughs> that's a good point. But he loves me. He loves me so much. He probably does. See Somebody me. will probably some rat. We'll probably put put him onto this. <laughs> yeah, we've had a Listen few. Listen to three minutes in or whatever. <laughs> we've had a few of them fucking rats before going run into people. But anyway, we'll leave it at that, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Bellator last night, even though we couldn't really see it. But thank God for MMA Core TV that we can go back this morning and watch it. Although I shouldn't be probably saying that, but fuck it, who cares? Uh, if Bellator won't put it on TV, we have to go and find and watch it somewhere so we can talk about it. So another spoiler alert here: if this podcast will be out like. 12 hours yeah. before if you want to wait for tape delay in like 6 months yeah <laughs> or, or you can just go to MMA Core and watch them there they all went pretty quickly anyway so you'll be able to, to watch them there and we're going to talk about them now anyway so I suppose Aaron Pico first of all before we get into Bador and Fedor and that uh, tongue twister that's kind of hard to say it wasn't <laughs> this Aaron Pico fight was just like this all I could think of after this you know after I watch fights and stuff and I, I, I watch fights usually and, and just kind of see how the fight plays out and kind of see what I think of it from a tactical point of yeah. view and all and then I just kind of think what am I going to say on the podcast and I was thinking about this for a while and it's kind of a hard one to get your mind around because we've, we've kind of seen this before with Pico you know he was beaten once before but all I could think of here was this was terrible matchmaking that was the only thing I can think of here. Like, why would you put Aaron Pico in this situation? Like, we we look at boxing all the time. We look at the likes of Anthony Joshua, who got, like, 20 fights. And he's not even the worst example. Look at Deontay Wilder. He got, like, fucking 38 fights before he got anyone any good. Like, and 
we look at that and go, okay, there's overkill yeah, but they, there. But they, they did give him kind of nice matchups after he lost. Like his first matchup, I remember talking about being like, this guy's experienced. This isn't no gimme, and he got knocked out, or he got choked, choked out, wasn't it? Yeah, he got choked. Yeah, didn't he? Or was uh, he knocked out? I can't remember. Anyway, I think he got, he got dropped with a punch, yeah. he, and then then they gave him kind of a couple of easy ones. Easy enough ones, but experienced guys like guys that looked good on paper, but maybe weren't that good. And then um, they're, they're just trying, they're trying to push him. They're like they're trying to push him. They're trying to push him, but maybe they pushed him too quickly. Like he still is only what twenty one, twenty two. Mm-hmm. Like he's got time. I don't know. Maybe maybe he's asking for these fights. You know, maybe he's he's like I want I want to get the belt by the end of two thousand nineteen or whatever. Maybe that's part of the maybe part of the deal of signing with Bellator was that they push him quickly. Or you ne- you never really know what's going on behind the scenes. Is what I'm saying basically. I think you need to be safe from from himself if that's the situation because it doesn't matter how good you are. It really doesn't matter how good you are. You need time to bed in. He's only had what like f- what is it five fights now or something six fights. That is not enough. Like we even see someone like James Galler who's had what probably a little bit, a couple more fights than him now at this stage. But he had probably what twenty amateur fights or something like that, and he still isn't even bedded into where he needs to be at the moment. Yeah, I you think know, it was thirteen and three, so sixteen amateur fights. Exactly, and he's you know he still needs it. You need that experience, and you. Uh, that experience is huge. It doesn't matter how... Okay, it does matter how good you are. Because if you're John Jones, it doesn't matter. You can go in and do it. But he's literally, I'd say, the only one ever in MMA history. Like, even Brock Lesnar, and he was a freak amongst freaks. You know, he got beaten by Frank Mir easily, and he came back, and he lost fights as well, and, and everything like that. But, there's okay, there's freaks among freaks, and Arn Pico is probably one of them as well. But at this very moment, that that's not him. Like, start, that fight's starting... I just knew after about 30 seconds, Aaron Pico's going to lose this fight, and I hadn't seen the result or anything. I, I just knew it. And even when he hit him, I was like, he just, it doesn't seem right. Like, he's throwing these big winging punches. At, uh, you know, he was, uh, he got, he hit him because he was throwing his jab and hitting him up through the middle afterwards and hit him with a lovely uppercut. But then he just gave up the jab. He got into a, a, a tight clinch. And I was like, Jesus, this is Anderson Silva, Rich Franklin type of job here. He's just wailing away. And I mean, he's hitting him with all these shots he wanted. And then he hit him with a big right hand. Pico wide open and obviously got knocked out. But like, it just, it, it, you should not put this guy into this position. Like you, I think you said it last last week about Henry Corrales, about him, you know, Pico lost to a guy not as good as him before and uh, not as experienced either, but lost to an experienced guy before. And I think you said it like this is a dangerous fight to put him in there against. Looking looking at Corrales's record, you know he's beat some very good guys. Beat Noad Lahat, who had a great fight with uh, with Brian Moore not too long ago. Uh, he was in there with Cody Ballinger, who was on the UFC, who I think is like thirty fights or something like that. Fought P- Patricky Pitbull, lost to him, but still really experienced. And for Pico to be going in there against a guy like him, like I still think Pico could be a world champion. I still think he's he has unbelievable promise and all that. But this to me. This was just idiotic uh, matchmaking from then. You like you need to take it slowly from him. I might I might gone totally overboard. Do you think he just made a mistake? I think he thought he had him and he went in recklessly. Mm-hmm. But that's that's maybe with experience he wouldn't have done that. So maybe that's the case. But or maybe maybe nine times out of ten that wouldn't have happened. You know, it, it, it's easy to be the general after the battle, as uh, uh, Luka Jelkic yeah. probably butchered that names. Said, uh, said before. Uh, when you look at his record now, and he's lost, you think, oh, they they've pushed him too fast. But if he wins that, if he wins that, then people are saying this guy's the best prospect in in Bellator, one of the best prospects in the world, and he probably still is one of the best prospects. But this is definitely a, a setback. And is he chinny? I don't know. Is he maybe he is chinny? 
I don't. I think anyone would have been knocked out by that shot. He was just left himself wide open. Like if if you're wide open to a shot with your left hand down, and he hits you, he's clinching you. His left hand, and he's hitting you with his right hand. I think that knocks fucking almost anybody out in the world. You know, it's it's a very. It's a tough one. I, I wouldn't go as far yet as to say he was chinny. Because, it, like, that was such a heavy knockout. That wasn't one where, like, he got he got caught and he got, you know, dropped by a jab or something like that and got, got easily knocked yeah. down or something. That was a fucking... It's 145, though. You know, 145 guys, there isn't that many big knockouts. Like, certain guys can, can do it at 45, but there isn't that many big knockouts at 45. So, it's hard to know. It's hard to know what if Pico is chinny, but I... It's it's it's. I think it, you're right. It's more that he was just wide open and just got hit on on the button with a big shot. Yeah, I wouldn't rule out. Like, what do you think they do with him now? Do you think they come back? And obviously, he needs a good bit out because of that's that was such a heavy knockout. Like, do you think he needs five or six easy fights to come back here now, or should they give him the couple again and then try to rush him up there again? Or what way? What would be um, the best way to take it? Yeah, I think they definitely need to give him a, a, a less experienced guy in, in his next one or two. Um, see how he gets on. Um, obviously, like he's he's early in his career, he'll he'll probably take a lot from the ta- watching the tape back and learn from it. And um, maybe the next time he when when he hurts somebody, he won't be so reckless. You know, he won't be so open. But uh, these like maybe maybe this 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 loss will be will, will be good for him. Like the first loss seemed to be, seemed to be good for him as well. So um, time will tell. But. There isn't that many. There isn't that many kind of potential stars in in Bellator outside of outside of like Gallagher and Pico and a couple others. Ricky Bandeas will come on to, but um, they they kind of need to to put him in a credible matchup. But mm. they were trying to do that. I think you know they were trying to do that with Henry Corrales. But it, as you say, he's what is he? 20 fights deep into his career he's a lot more experienced and when he got rocked he was able to kind of weather the storm and, and obviously get the knockout so uh, yeah it's hard to know but I think losses early in your career like this he's 4-2 and two, like it's not the worst record but it's definitely going to slow him down a bit and probably end up getting a couple of nice matchups in, in his next but they, they did it already and then they put him back in against another another good guy and, and, he's, and he's lost again so it's Maybe we were a bit too high on on Pico. Maybe he's maybe he's just not as good as we we thought. I don't know. I, I still think he is. I just I really think it's inexperienced. You know, you said it. Got in there t- thinking he has the fight won and just opening up and and getting caught like against a guy like Corrales. And Pico even said it himself. You know, Big John McCarthy said it after the fight that Pico had said it. He couldn't hit him, and he this is a grown man. He could hit him loads of times, and he's still going to be coming. And it seems like he kind of forgot that. And that that is nothing but inexperience uh, to me. And he needs that experience to improve. But as you said, we I suppose time time will tell. Uh, all right, let's move on here to, to the main event, and we we'll, we'll get to some of the other fights. After that, and I suppose, you know, it's, I suppose, a telling sign that we started with the Pico fight and not the main event, because the main event kind of went exactly how everyone expected. Did you expect anything different than Ryan Bader to come out and just knock him out straight away? I thought it might go a little longer, but yeah, it was it was definitely like a massive, Fader was definitely a massive underdog in my mind, and I, I'm pretty sure he was a massive underdog, and the, the bookies, even though I didn't I didn't see it, I would have expected him to be, like, you know, the, I talked about the Matt Mitrione fight in the last podcast and Mitrion's not really a, a knockout guy and Fedor has been in a lot of what is he 45 50 45 fights deep something like that yeah you know he's and he's been around for a long time and he he's kind of he's known for taking a shot and coming back but there's only so many so many times you can do that before you become you become Ginny mm-hmm. yeah 
uh, it was he's there he's definitely chinny he's definitely not what, what he used to be and how can you be when you you know you've taken the, that much damage you're that old you know you're but, but was he much. but was he ever that good was he ever that good he was, like, he was the, good for his time the like. he, but the way people went on about him was he ever that good he was i think yeah he was good for his time like it's it's MMA he never really proved it he never really proved it you know did he not? Though? He beat Andrei Lovsky, Tim Sylvia, all the guys who were really good and champions in the UFC back then. Well, not all the guys, but some of the guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you can't judge him I against think... what he beat Daniel Cormier or John Jones or Ken Velasquez or Sleepy Miocic. That You can't judge him in that. That's like judging well, highest You can, crazy. because people are like greatest of all time, greatest of all time and stuff. Yeah, so but we've, you, we've you talked to... about this before. Like, the greatest now is obviously the greatest of all time, but I think you can judge guys' greatness on what they were fighting against in their era. Like, you can't say Heist Gracie wasn't a great, even though, he, like, today, if you put him in there, what would he be? If you put him you, in there with yeah, TJ Dillashaw... the greatest destroyed. of all time is a different thing than what, was he great at one stage, you know? Yeah, but I... Like, do you not see that argument that you have to judge a guy in their era? Like, you you know, you, Pele would probably be rubbish today if he was playing like... Yeah, no, like, you know, great. absolutely, like, you know, people go on about, all oh, the best... You know, Alan Hansen, the best defender. People talk about that with Liverpool and stuff. Like, you know, people talk about, like, people who are just clearly, like, n- nowhere near the standard of, of player today in, in football, for example. And MMA is the same. Like, if you're the best now, you're, unless it's... If you're the best in the last couple of years, you're the, you're the best. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I, I do agree, but I, I think you have to, like... I think there's a separation there that needs to be met. Like, Fedor would probably get destroyed by a middling heavyweight today. Like... Who, who, name, name a middling, like Ryan Bader, there you go, he's probably a middling heavyweight, if he was to go and, and fight at heavyweight, like. Derek Lewis, who would win, Derek Lewis or Fedor? God, Derek Lewis would beat Fedor, like, that, that, and that's exactly it, like, you're not gonna, like, who's a greater fighter, Derek Lewis or Fedor? Like, Derek Lewis Derek is a, Lewis, is a better fighter, <laughs> he's a better fighter, <laughs> he's gonna beat Fedor nine times out of ten today, like, but, well, maybe not nine times out of ten, maybe, like, Seven times out of yeah. ten. <laughs> well, at their peak, you can kind of go at their peak. Who, who would they yeah, but like? Who at the the the, the best of their ability ever would let's, they be? Let's say like be the a, best. Derek no. Lewis is a bad example. Let's say Curtis Blade, someone like that, a middling heavyweight. Like, would he beat Fedor at his best every time? No. Do you not think so? Fedor, Fedor beat him at every time. I uh, I don't think he'd beat him, but like it wouldn't be oh, Fedor definitely going to beat him. You know, MMA moves on so, so quick. We talk yeah. about, like, a guy who's around for two years and how, oh, how's he going to look? Has the game moved on? Has he evolved what he's been out? You know? Yeah. That's exactly it. Like, that's that's my point. Like, you have to judge a guy in their era. Like, if he's better than everyone else in his era, then he's definitely a great... Like, let's say Demetrius Johnson now, he's the best of, of this era, or John Jones, whoever you want to say. Like, in a few years, you'd... Like, okay, now it's hard to think of someone who's going to be much better than John Jones or much better than Demetrius Johnson. But if past this prologue, then there probably will be. And, like, to say that Demetrius Johnson wasn't great, to say John Jones wasn't great, or Daniel Cormier wasn't great, or Conor McGregor wasn't great, it'd just be wrong, I think. You know, things Yeah, no, it's great and greatest of all time. Because Fedor has that kind of mantle for a lot, or had that kind of mantle Mm -hmm. for a lot of years. And people would still say that, like, you know, the, the greatest of all time. I just don't think he ever was. I, I don't think he is either, to be honest. But I still think he is a great. He's up there. But who is the greatest of all time then? Go on, tell us. <sighs> Probably John Jones, but then the, ah, the drug tests. Drugs. 
Yeah. I think it's probably GSP. Well, Fedor, like, uh, I'm not saying, like, <laughs> is, has Fedor been keen his whole career? Ah, come on now. I'm throwing out these wild accusations. I'm just asking. I didn't, I, didn't, I just asked the question. I said, yeah. has he been keen his <laughs> whole career? That's the question, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Look into it. Look, Look into, into it. it. <laughs> 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 but anyway, what about Ryan Bader picking up this, this belt here? Like, this tournament from Bellator was great if we, if we could have watched it. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it was it's pointless. You couldn't help like, yourself again. No, I couldn't. No. It's it's pointless. This is the most pointless tournament of all time, apart from a few good fights, which I suppose it makes it not pointless. But if they want to get the heavyweight division revitalized, they want the champion in there. Sure, they're gonna have to do another fucking heavyweight tournament now because that Ryan Bader's not gonna fight at heavyweight. Like he pretty much said it to Big John in the cage last night. He's like, Big John, you're gonna uh, defend both belts. He's like, oh, I'll have to talk to my team. <laughs> and he came in at like 226 pounds. There's not a hope fucking Bader's gonna fight at all. Maybe you'll have one. Fight yeah, w- like, probably have a couple. I'd, I'd say just because of the lack of depth in in Bellator's in the two division or in the light heavyweight division, there's not that much depth that he hasn't already hasn't already fought. Yeah, but it's like for for Bellator, I suppose. I don't know what what are they supposed to do next with, with him? Like, he, like if I'm Ryan Bader. I'm I'm fighting out my contract here as as much as I can, and then trying to go to UFC again. Like you coming over. With uh, you know, two belts or whatever, and coming over, maybe taking on Daniel Cormier. That fight, that fight has been talked up for a long time. If he could maybe get that fight in will the, negotiations, will the UFC do that though? Will they put a Bellator guy uh, like I know Ryan Bader's in the UFC for most of his career, but a guy who's a Bellator champion, will they put him in straight into a title shop? No, I don't think so. Do you know yeah. Just in case he wins, and then it makes Bellator look good. That's true as well. Yeah, maybe that won't happen. But they did a quick and well, they didn't do it with Eddie Alvarez, I suppose. But they did a quick enough on him. So yeah, I mean, like well, they gave Eddie Alvarez like three or four, maybe yeah. even more, did they? But the thing is, like, I yeah, they did. But did, if you're better, like, do you want to go to the UFC to prove yourself the best, like, or do you want to stay in in Bellator and be a two way champion? And you know, not everyone knows you're not really the world champion. Like, you know, I, I joked with with Pizzi last night on Twitter about them calling it the World Heavyweight Championship. It's more an American TV Championship than a world. Well, when you were saying earlier, Pico could be a world champion. Are you talking Bellator? Or are you talking? Yeah, I UFC? don't know. I, I was just going full idiot, like there. I think you know, just one, <laughs> one of these dopes fucking calling everything a world champion, like the Bama world champion. Remember that shit? Jesus Christ, Bama world yeah. champion. Come on, and I, I like Bama. I like cage warriors, but come on, they're not world champions. Get over like Bellator. I think even Richard Kylie was kind of like, yeah. Even Richard Kiley, you know it's getting bad when it's even Richard Kiley, like. But uh, yeah, uh, look, fair play to Better. Look, he's he's had a great career since he's gone to Bellator. He had a great career before that as well. He won a good few fights in, in the UFC, and he was looking for a Daniel Cormier fight. But yeah, it's an interesting debate. Like for me, if I'm a competitor like Better, I probably want to go back to the UFC to prove I'm the best. But if you're, you know, what, what's, what's the money like though? Yeah, what's it, yeah. that's the thing as well. Is money like is is the money going to be more? The money's going to be more in the UFC if you can go and win the championship. But it's probably he probably if he's realistic, he probably knows well, though, like the Reebok thing. Yeah, but how much is that actual sponsorship? Look, you probably get more to sponsor a fucking protein powder on your Instagram these days if you're in the UFC than you would, you know, to wear a fucking pair of shorts in Bellator. Like, you know, they're, these sponsorships, I think, they're way blown out of proportion. But maybe for a guy like Bader, maybe, maybe it is when he's fighting in the main event against Fedor and maybe, you know, if, I, I don't know. It, it's definitely a tough one. It's definitely a tough conundrum, like, because if you're realistic and you're i'm looking at ryan bader i'm probably thinking you know you probably go and have your ufc title shot and you know fight out your four or five fights and then go back to bellator even then if if you want to after that uh, but like you're probably thinking 
then he won't beat John Jones. He won't beat DC. And then he's going to be left with those four or five fights. And he's fighting in the prelims or fighting and, you know, opening up a main card or something like that. Whereas you can say in Bellator and you can be a two-way champion and beat everyone in your wake pretty easily, to be honest. There's no one really there to match him. So, Well, he like a split decision against Phil, Phil Davis. Like, yeah, well, very close fight, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. That is true as well. But I don't know. They're, Phil Davis. Where, where is Phil Davis? Has Phil Davis even fought in the last 10 years? I, Phil Davis is a Phil Davis is this guy you could like start following <laughs> MMA and you could see him fight once and then, ah, right, yeah, Phil Davis has fought in like an undergard or something. And you, you know, he's one of those guys. Phil Davis, is he fights every so often and you can't really remember. Yeah, him, I think like he, he lost a split decision there, what, in November. Yeah. But uh, he was coming off a win. <laughs> okay, like three months ago. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> he was coming off a head enough. kick win over Linton Vassell before that. Uh, Who did he beat in November? He lost in November oh, to lost? Nemkov. Nemkov ah, sure season. Sure he's rubbish. Never liked him. Never any of <laughs> Anyway, uh, what did you think of uh, my boy Jack Swagger, Jake Hager, coming in here, putting on a wrestling clinic, taking down his opponent that was like 0-1 and something like that? And Yeah, who didn't really know what to yeah. do when he was on his back. He looked all right, though, Jake Hager. It wasn't exactly CM Punk on him. Yeah, well, like, you know, he's, like, you don't, you're not going to throw him in there against, you know, yeah. uh, like what, what they did with Pico. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not going to do that. Exactly. <laughs> Put him in there against Ryan Bader. Ryan Bader's looking for challengers. <laughs> give him, give him. Yeah. Like he, he's a strong guy. He he took that punch well that your man threw at him when he was trying to close the distance, and he showed that he was willing to take a punch to close the distance. Took yeah. him down, laid on top of him, went for the straight armbar, didn't manage to get it. Got the head and arm choked. Then, you know, look look good. Hit him with a big elbow in on top as well. You know, he said he's in in this for the next decade, and I said it last week. He's definitely. More Brock Lesnar than he is CM Punk, and I think already from one fight that that's true. Now he might go out and he's next, and the guy will stop his takedown and knock him down. But I definitely think you can see there's an athlete there, there's an experienced wrestler there, uh, you know, amateur wrestler, unlike you know CM Punk who had a white belt in jiu-jitsu and he'd fought professional wrestling for a while or for like 10 years or whatever and he, he, uh, was... he had some fights in the gym against that guy from the street he definitely did yeah but <laughs> I'm excited to see Jake Hager you know Bobby Lashley came in to uh, MMA and he had what like 20 fights or something never fought anyone but it was still you know still pretty good to see him but I think Jake Hager can uh, I, I don't know if he can do well but I'm, I'm excited to see you know what comes from next he's definitely a real athlete uh, and all everything like that uh, uh, did you see anything else from that undercard AJ Azagram's fight was I watched some of it and I was just like Jesus Christ I can't watch anymore this rubbish so he lost anyway and he looked absolutely terrible on the feet absolutely terrible he's one of these these jujitsu guys that does things in the gi and no gi and stuff and he goes and comes in <laughs> and he's just absolutely fucking ghastly bad but these things happen anyway anything else uh, from that undercard um, not from the undercard but Ricky Bandeas yes. uh, yeah um, it was a close decision but we kind of expected more from him although uh, we talked about last week you know 21 and or 22 and 1 now is, is a really good record and he's beaten some good guys uh, you know Robbie Peralta he's not exactly a, a top guy a top guy but he finished him and He's he's beaten everybody he's been put in front of him since since his one loss back in 2015. So he's no mug, but uh, we would have expected uh, more from Bandeas after the the Gallagher performance. Yeah, and I suppose it it doesn't look good in James Gallagher as well. He either got in and you know his his opponent that that beat him losing MMA his next fight. Yeah, MMA <laughs> match indeed, but. You know, I suppose people have forgotten by that. You know, James Gallagher will be headlining here in a couple of weeks anyway, so I suppose people don't uh, want, want to remember that much. But anyway, uh, did, did we get through a whole Belter talk without really talking about them not being on TV? 
I think we did. So no, you mentioned it a couple of times. Yeah, a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. So we leave it at that anyway. Okay, people know our, our thoughts on anyway. All right, let's move on to uh, UFC Fight 944, UFC on ESPN Plus 2-1, I believe it's called, which should be like ESPN <laughs> 3. I don't know. But anyway. Um, Rafael Estenso fighting Marlon Moraes in the headliner here in a rematch of their fight from uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, I went back and watched that fight, and it's going to be the rewatch this week, so I won't go into it too much detail by detail, but... To, to me, watching back that fight, it's it was one of those. It reminded me a little bit of of Jones versus Gustafson, where there was a lot of tactical moves, a lot of changes in your game plan in the middle of the fight, and it turned out to be a very kind of it was a it was a better fight watching it the second time than it was watching it the first time. It's a very kind of disjointed, odd fight. Um, because Marlon Morris is usually a guy who likes to push forward and hit guys with you know big knees, big shots, as we saw in his his two fights that came after it, Marlon Moraes is a guy who usually lets guys do that and encounters them, or, or sorry, Rafael Essensau is a guy who usually does that and lets guys counter him, but he came out and, and he went forward at Marlon Moraes, then Marlon Moraes kind of stepped out and let him come forward and tried to counter him, and it was a very, very back and forth fight, you know, a, a close a three round fight, and it's going to be five rounds here again, and I expect it to go, you know, something something similar, unless Moraes can go out, get the front foot and knock him down, but, you know, you always, and you can talk about this, Asantau was a, always a very difficult fight, didn't he? And for, yeah, yeah, it's really hard to look right. good yeah. against Asantau. He just he has a way of dragging people into his game and just making it kind of unattractive <laughs> to fight. But he he thrives there, and maybe maybe this probably be another close decision, like all Asantau fights. But uh, I just think Morais probably has more more tools. Um, but with Aston Sao, he could just turn it into he could just turn it into his game again and just eat out a decision. But uh, I expect it to be close. But I think Morais probably have uh, Martin Morais probably have uh, a little bit too much again. Yeah, or like, I think the first time, the first close, time is very close. Could have went either way. Kind of like a lot of Aston Sao fights. The TJ fight, the first time was it the first two yeah, times? Yeah, first even? time. Yeah, first time. The second fight was m- much uh, clearer for TJ, but the first one was very close. Yeah. Yeah. And five rounds, maybe, maybe Morris has gone five rounds more times just due to fighting inside the UFC in um, in in five round main events in World Series of Fighting, which is the what's it called now? PFL. The, uh, PFL. Mm-hmm. So he, he's he's been five rounds before. He can kind of pace himself like that. He he's 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 had so like you know Josh Hill and Cody Bollinger and stuff. They're they're good guys, but obviously Asensio is on a different level. Uh, he's a, he's a top. He's a, he's an upper echelon guy. But even though people probably don't like watching him because because of his style that we talked about, but uh, I can see this maybe not being the best fight to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think again it's going to be one that's probably better to watch a second time from kind of a a, ta- a tactical technical point of view. Like unless Morais comes out and knocks him out, which is very possible too. Morais is big power and he throws big winging shots, but. You know, Asensau, everything Asensau does, it's always from a very, not a defensive point of view, but a defensively safe point of view. Like, he, he can go forward and he can be hard to hit. He can go backwards and he can be hard to hit. He can get in close and he can be hard. He's always so hard to hit. And when you're a guy like Marais, who's a sniper, basically, and, you know, he's uh, he definitely has good tools. As well. you, you know, you said it there, he probably has more tools, and I agree with that. But when he's at his best, he's a sniper, hitting guys up the middle with those big knees and knocking them out and stuff. 
And against Asin Sao, that's very, very difficult to do. Like, Asin Sao is such a hard fight for so many people. Like, it's, you know, TJ Dillashaw, he didn't struggle with him twice, like, but he... He went to a decision with him twice, and look how good TJ Dillashaw is. Like, Eric Coke is the only one to ever knock him out, and that was kind of Eric Coke in his, in his prime when he was a big, hard hitter, and he was a, you know, a really, really good fighter as well, and it was, what, eight years ago at this stage, and Aston Sao has improved an awful lot since then, you know, beating some, some good guys, beating Sterling and, and you know, Marais, and beating TJ Dillashaw and Brian Carraway and Pedro Munoz, just looking at his record here. So it's it's going to be, a t- it's definitely going to be a tough fight for Marais, and, you know, Aston Sao is probably looking at this as well, and probably both looking at it and saying, you know, is is that TJ Lillishaw Henry Sahuda fight going to happen again? If it doesn't, I, I you know the winner of this is it could be looking at at that title fight, and if not, the winner of this probably needs to win to to stay in that that race to get there. You know, they're probably going to have to take another fight after this, or you know, to put themselves right in in pole position. So this is a big fight for them. Both guys want to get in there, get a title shot, like. I I think Marais after watching the first fight again, I just think he's improved a little bit against uh, again since that. You know, it was his first UFC fight. You can talk about octagon jitters and stuff like that. I don't buy into that too much because because I think Asin Sao was just very good and a very smart game planner and all like that. But I probably have to lean Marais a little bit. I, although I don't know, even when I see myself saying that, I probably I'm, I don't know. I really don't know. How, what, how do you think? Do you think it'll be it'll be Marais again? Do you think it'll be like? Is there any hope? He kind of knocks him out early. I know there's always a hope he knocks him out early, but against Aston Sao, it's it's more of a slim hope than it normally would be, isn't it? Yeah, with the five rounds, you can kind of work the leg kicking game a bit more That's as well as and well, yeah. try to slow Aston Sao down. But Aston Sao can grab a hold of you if you if you throw a lazy a lazy leg kick. But Morais's leg kicks are usually fast and snappy. But I'd, I'd lean Morais, but with Aston Sao, you just I'm always wary of picking against him because he has a way of dragging people down or not down, but into his game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, are you surprised that the Aldo fight isn't the main event yeah, just for name value? And Joe, uh, Dan Hoy was asked about that a couple of weeks ago, and he said that Jose Aldo didn't want to fight five rounds. He was offered the main event, and he said, "No, I want to fight uh, three rounds." So that's he said it would have been the main event, and he said that's the that's the reason why it's not. So. I'm actually kind of happy it is because three round Jose Aldo is always better than, <laughs> than five round Jose Aldo, and I think Aston Sao Marais needs the five rounds. Uh, I think it's a it's a better five round fight, which is kind of kind of odd, I suppose, when you have someone as as high level as as Jose Aldo. But yeah, for for name value, I think it probably would have been better. Just for like yeah, ESPN advertising, like in a main event, Jose Aldo, people have heard of him because he obviously was a champion for so long and fought McGregor, fought Holloway, and high profile fights and. Mm. Um, obviously, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, more sense now that you say that he was offered and, and didn't want it. Mm-hmm. It's probably saying it wasn't like fucking take it or leave take it. Take it, yeah, that's it. Well, what do you think about that that Aldo fight against Mikano? Yeah, I think Aldo. I think Aldo will win. I think like his his recent losses are to McGregor and Holloway, and yeah. you know he, he beat Edgar and he beat Jeremy Stevens convincingly. Uh, but Mikano, like he's he's a, he's a good guy. His only loss is to to Brian Ortega in the third round and. We, we've seen how good Ortega's been recently and how good he is uh, at jiu-jitsu, you know, getting guillotined by him. Is, there's, no, there's no shame in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, has, he has a good win over Cub Swanson in, in, in his last fight. Uh, it would have been interesting to see him fight Beckett if, if that fight hadn't fallen apart. But, uh, yeah, I, I think Aldo's experience in the three rounds as well. And I think Aldo just... Until Aldo loses badly or loses to somebody who isn't, like, one of the best... Then I'm I'm probably gonna have to, I'm gonna have remain or keep my faith in in his ability. Yeah, like if you look at Mar- Marais's record as well, 
uh, all of his wins have either been by decision or submission. Mike Cano. Or, what did I say? Morice. Morice, yeah, Mike Cano. Jesus, I'm very bad. I'm getting very bad for names. But yeah, Mike Cano. I nearly said it again. Uh, he's never won by knockout. And like, look at Jose Aldo. All of his defeats have either been by a knockout like against McGregor or, or well Holloway TKO. knocked him out as well it's a TKO like knocked yeah. him down you know maybe going to submit him and you know TKO on him hitting him with, with strikes on the ground he's he's yeah. not the type of guy who you're going to take down and, and submit you know we've seen Frankie Edgar uh, Chad Mendes Ricardo Namas all good wrestlers guys going out trying to take him down and beat him that way like you go, you're going to have to beat Jose Aldo on the feet to beat him and I'm not sure my Cano can like watching my Cano he's a really long guy really good long jab his his right hand behind it is a bit slappy. It's not the best in the world, but he, you know, he can. He's very good at keeping the guy on on the outside of his jab. Look what he did to Cub Swanson. He knocked Cub Swanson down with his jab. But jo- Jose Aldo is not Cub Swanson, and I find it hard to see my can of doing that. Like I agree with you, and until someone does it, and I hate saying that because. You know, <laughs> yeah. we, you know, three two guys have done it now. It's, it's been done three times, but I don't know is my can at that level to beat Jose Aldo. And I, I feel like if you're getting into a, a jabbing battle with Jose Aldo, unless you're a top, top, top guy, I, I don't think you're beating him, and I don't think my cano will beat him. Uh, but it's it's definitely an interesting fight. And if my cano can, he did beat take him, a lot of damage though as well in in the did. McGregor fights and the Holloway fights. But mm-hmm. he he kind of hadn't taken that much damage before that, and he. He that the McGregor one was just he kind of was coming forward into the shot and got knocked out. I think a lot, a lot of nearly everybody would be knocked out in that situation. And then the Holloway one, it was like the pressure and s- sustained like just the, the pressure of the Holloway was put on him was too much. And I don't think Mike Cano has that in his in his locker the way the way Holloway does. So yeah, I think it's kind of as I said earlier, it's kind of like I'll keep faith in Jose Aldo until until he kind of proves otherwise that he's maybe he'll come out and look terrible and and that, that could happen but you know Jeremy Stevens is no mug and he went out and beat him pretty handily that is true that is true uh, didn't Damian Maia another Brazilian legend is taking on Lyman Good Lyman Good is one of those guys that Lyman Good who is he Bellator champion yeah. I, I had to go back and I watched a few Lyman Good fights to see what he's like and I, I think he'd beat Damian Maia to be honest um, really yeah I like mm. looking at his game He's all I could think of is Jimmy Smith saying he's a fire hydrant. You know, he's one of those oh, guys. He says it about everybody, though. <laughs> yeah, but he's very hard to take down. He's he's a good low base. Is what you'd want against Damian Maya. He's good forward pressure, good boxing, and I think that's yeah. that's what. But you if need Maya gets an early trip or an early takedown, yeah. it could just be over like that. I, definitely, there's always that with with Damian Maya, and I think this is a huge fight for Damian Maya. Like, he, what you know, age is Damian Maya now? Forty odd is he? he, or is, is he? Let me just look here. He is forty one. He just turned forty one there there in November but like if you look at look yeah. at Maya's record he's lost to Usman Colby Covington and Tyron Woodley kind of you know you had the champion the the, the interim champion at at the time the or to get there and the number one contender like if he loses to a lineman good and I think we got a question in about it over on over Instagram actually like could this not the last fight in Damian Maya's career but could this be the signal of the end of him as a, a top 15 top 10 guy no, I don't think as a top fifteen, top ten guy. I think he can definitely be still beat guys in the top ten, fit top fifteen. But it'll it'll definitely be interesting to see where he is because, as you mentioned, like they are top guys that that he's lost to, and they were just decisions, and maybe the gas tank issue. Um, he has a gas tank issue, but he hasn't taken that much damage. Like I think there was before these three losses, he he'd eaten like four strikes in like two years or something. Was it was, yeah. it, was it something ridiculous like yeah, that? So. Bad, yeah. He hasn't taken that much damage for a one-year-old guy who can't really strike that well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think it's an interesting one. Like, 
normally you'd look at Lyman Good versus Damien Mayan and you'd think, oh, they're giving him an easy fight just to come back. But, like, if he can't go in there and get that takedown, he will get beaten. Like, he will. Now maybe he can get that takedown. Look, he was he was brilliant at kind of waiting for a guy to come in, changing levels, catching that front leg and putting him down against the fence or, or kind of running the pipe and taking him down. And, you know, he can he can still do that, but, I don't know, just watching Lyman Good, watching his take down the fence, watching his, his strike, and he hits hard as well, and he's, he's defensively very good. An unbelievable chin. I was watching one of his fights, I'm not sure what it was against, and the guy hit him with a huge knee, like a, a, a knock-you-out, fucking sparked out for two minutes, sort of knee, and he just edit like dominic cruz and commentary said he edit like a cookie and he really did it was one of the hardest things I've <laughs> it was literally which fight was it let me just look here because people should actually go back and watch it, it was so insane dominic like the way dominic cruz said it was absolutely hilarious but he's like his his chin is absolutely fucking an unbelievable it wasn't a bin Sander, or was the uh ezekiel dos santos fight i think and he actually lost that fight but I, I thought he won it it was a it was a split decision but yeah it was you know he's a, he's a good fighter definitely and uh, i'm looking looking forward to seeing that fight probably the, the best fight in this car well maybe not the best fight in this car but the the sleeper fight in this car charles Oliveira versus david timor i know both of us are big fans of, of david timor do you think he's enough to beat uh, charles Oliveira? Um, he definitely can be Charles Oliveira because if, if it starts going wrong for Charles Oliveira, it probably it probably will. Uh, David Tebow probably will win, but I think maybe I'm just kind of remembering him from the Ultimate Fighter. But uh, I think Oliveira should be able to get a hold of him or get a takedown or get something early and maybe maybe get a first round submission. If I had to bet, I'd probably go with Charles Oliveira first round submission. But it's always hard to to have much confidence in in Charles Oliveira because. If if his initial kind of onslaught doesn't work, he he has a. I don't know how. I don't know how like how much fighting spirit he has. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he'll I think he'll knock out Charles Oliveira. To be honest, I really I'm really high on David Timor. The only thing with David Timor is I think he's a bit small for lightweight, and obviously Charles Oliveira was a featherweight before, but I still think he's a big lightweight. He's a big guy, he's though, a yeah. big big guy. So that could be a problem with him as well. You know, especially if. Oliveira kind of gets close to him you know you, Oliveira will have no problem pulling guards up and getting him on top of him and with long legs long arms like that uh, I think that could be a problem for Tamar but yeah I think you've called it right there if he, if he gets an early takedown I think he will probably end up submitting him but if he doesn't I think Oliveira will, will I think he'll head kick knock him out that's what I think anyway there's some mm-hmm. good fights on, on the undercard here as well Johnny Walker is a guy who I think was a head kick as well and it was in his last fight or something something big anyway he's fighting an Dustin elbow I elbow, think that against was it, yeah. Cleo Roundry yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Latov is coming back here after losing to John Moraga he was 14 and all to start his career yeah. uh, looking good looking good as well uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov versus uh, Hikardo Hamas and uh, Junior Albini the Junior man Albini, the, the yeah. nappy yeah, coming back here again I don't know, I don't know much about the other guy 6 and now was Early on, early enough in the career, but Junior Albini definitely he has he has potential, but it's it's hard to pick when you don't know much about the other guy. Yeah, Max Griffin and Thiago Alves as well. That should be a, a pretty good fight if you're looking for hard hitting, hard leg kicking uh, MMA fighters. You know, um, he went in against Curtis Melinda in his last fight, beat Mike Perry the fight before. So um, you know, uh, Max Griffin is no joke, and and Thiago Alves sure we've known him for years. Yeah, um, he's he's been around. He's, he, he's, headlined he, UFC he, 100, didn't he? Yeah, against uh, GSP, wasn't mm-hmm. it? So there you go. He'll yeah. always, he'll always have that in his back, back pocket. So, uh, so fair play to him. Um, okay, John Jones failed another drugs <laughs> drugs test this week. Yeah. Well, not this week, like two weeks ago or something. Uh, I don't I know, it's say. hard to comment on this because it it's, yeah. it's it's really hard to know what's going on. Like, uh, it seems from what people are saying that he basically can just 
take a little bit of this drug and people are going to be like, oh, well, it's still in the system because it takes years or it never gets out of your system. So it's a, uh, it's a really strange situation. I don't think we've had this situation before. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't think of any, any situation like this. Um, I don't think it's really that... No, there's nothing new there no. with the news. We're kind of expecting this nearly. Yeah. It's... Like the only the only newsworthy thing about this, and uh, like looking at the reaction to it, there really wasn't that much of a reaction to it. You know, no one was really giving out about it or anything. <laughs> I put up a post, and there were people giving yeah. out to me, even even a mention. Like the only newsworthy thing about this is John Jones went on uh, his Instagram straight after the the initial drug test results were were announced. Uh, this was this was WADA or VADA, wasn't it? Yeah, the voluntary anti doping where where he or the uh, the commission. This was the yeah with, with them anyway, but the. The initial USADA tests came back negative, so there was no picograms of oral turinabol found, and this second one there was, but after the first one where there was none found, he went on his Instagram and he was gloating, saying there's no excuses now, no picograms or anything, and now picograms are found, like, it it just looks bad on him after he did that gloating, and now it's back in there, like, if, if your opinion is this is going to pop up, and he said, what, seven years, something like that, then you shouldn't be going out gloating, because you shouldn't realise it's probably going to pop up again, if that's your excuse, like, and look, that might be a valid excuse, we don't know, the scientists don't know, you said it, nobody knows, that's the thing here, like, this oral turinabol is, is unproven, this M3 metabolite is unproven, there was one study done to prove this, one study proved it, but one what one what good is one study? One person. There can't be studies done because it's an illegal drug and it just it can't be done on humans or anything like that. The, and that leads us to think like, okay, it could be true or maybe it's not true. Maybe the the people administering drugs under the table, giving them to athletes or whatever, maybe no different things. You know, there's it's all speculation. Like it could be microdosing, could be anything like this. So we we really don't know. Nobody knows, and that's that's the issue with this. Like, should you be banning people for this? Should you be letting people off and letting this drug come up all the time in this? Like, I think we need hard and fast rules on that. And I don't know. Do we have those hard and fast rules? That, or maybe we don't need hard and fast rules. Maybe we should just look. We don't know this. Maybe we should err on the side of caution here and and do what they're doing with John Jones and. Uh, it's tough to know which side to, to go on, isn't it? Because we really don't know much about this. Nobody knows anything about this, do they? Yeah, it's re- especially for us. Like, if if the experts don't know what what, what what's going on, yeah. how, how are how we, we supposed to know? Who, yeah. How are we supposed to know who to trust and who's got an ulterior motive and who doesn't? And it's just really hard to know. But if you if you take these drugs and they're in your system kind of your fault like you know it's, it's your fault they're in your system so if you fail for the t- test you should fail like any other and you should you should have got guidelines of if you fail once you get two years twice whatever four years I think that should be implemented yeah I think it probably should be as well like and the oral terminal the, the rules in it are it's not how much you have in your system it is the detection of it now that that's fine for your first test they can't ban you twice for the same thing and that's what they're saying they're saying this is the same drug they're saying this is the long-term metabolite of that initial drug that was taken that they're finding here but like who's saying that though you know i don't know who's saying that that's what you said that's what andy foster is saying that's what jeff Nowitzki is saying that's what they're all yeah yeah but are they are they do they have the expertise to be saying this well that's what they're saying the experts are saying but that's what the experts are saying based on one uh, one test by by that Russian guy who made uh or who was part of Icarus like he that's the only test on it. 
Yeah. So that's that's the issue here. And look, this is this is going to keep rumbling on. He's probably going to fail multiple tests. Well, yeah. Well, like uh, people are saying, it's going to be in the system for years, if not forever. So the initial, like that initial uh, thing done by by the Russian guy, it was it was saying, I think it was what was it two to, to four months or something like that so like this what nearly two years later is just blows that out of the water altogether so that just proves we know absolutely nothing about it because it was it's just it's gone way past what he was saying about it so it's you know it's uh, but he's, it's a, he's an honest he's an honest guy he's an honest though, guy like, yeah. like, <laughs> like remember uh, Andy Foster saying like why would he do it why would he do it on fight week yeah why would you why would you take drugs when you're going to fight a man like yeah okay yeah yeah that makes no like why would any of the guys before you said it ever fail a week of the the IQ uh, test the yeah. IQ test exactly the week of the fight test like yeah, look, there you go. But we've we've talked about this before. It's it's probably even gonna... even failing for Usada now seems to be a bit of an IQ test as well. Really, because of the whole six o'clock thing. Just for a number of reasons, like watching documentaries. There was a you mentioned one there. There was another one about cycling where your man microdosed and took all the tests, and they all said he was clean. Mm-hmm. So you can take a certain amount. I don't know if you can microdose this drug. John Jones is taking. Maybe you can't. I've no idea. People no probably... one does. That's the problem because there's no test yeah. done on it. Yeah. So. Yeah, we we just don't know. And if you fail a drug test, it should just be you fail a drug test and you're banned, like the guidelines say. If you fail a drug test, you're banned. Mm-hmm. And he did fail a drug test, and he still wasn't really banned because you said I got him on this whole snitching thing, and he got off because of it. So, and now they're saying he can't be banned again because he failed and was already punished for that initial drug test, even though he wasn't really punished for that initial drug test because he got off because he snitched. You said so. Although he got his 15 months or whatever, but it should have been four years because he's because because he already failed one before, but. There, that's what These you get when you're John. <laughs> they, they fucking certainly do. That's what you want. <laughs> that's, what, that's what you get when you're John Jones, I suppose. Um, poor Tom Lawler sitting at home now fight, after fighting a fucking uh, Oscar De La Haya show after having two years out because of, of something probably less than John Jones. But look, there well, you go. Would you say Gus, John- Gus Johnson, like, of all the criticism he, he took the commentator, that's pro- probably the best the best, the best line ever. of commentary it ever. Be. It has to be. It the most be. useful and reused and appropriate and real it is it really is yeah. you can use it for everything you can even though he was talking about the brawl in the cage like yeah. these things do happen sometimes in MMA as we <laughs> saw recently at the the last huge pay-per-view and it's it's part of the 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 appeal for me of MMA is just the absolute chaos me too yeah. we actually we haven't had, <laughs> we probably have had more chaos than any other sport recently but it seems like we haven't had that much chaos recently but we probably have, I think just just no, it becomes it. normal it's like it's like you know people watch UFC for the first time or MMA for the first time and they're like oh my god he's elbowing him on the ground or whatever but we're just completely desensitized to it because yeah. we've seen it a lot I think this is the same with just the madness and the chaos that goes on it is 100% alright before we get to the questions did you see Max Holloway's uh, post yesterday about his uh, Jemison if you haven't seen it Max Holloway tweeted these pictures in the Jemison thing he said 283 years of innovation hard work and unmatched quality not a watered down trend a true pillar of Ireland supporting the hard working families in Dublin for generations thank you to Jemison Whiskey for the hospitality number one Irish whiskey in the world hashtag mm. shots fired what do you think about this yeah um, I don't know I don't really care yeah, it like at first I thought, okay, this is this is pretty funny. It's a good way to kind of send the shot. But I, one, the couple of the lads I was, I know, were talking about it, and they were like, yeah, this is a bit embarrassing, really. And I was like, yeah, it kind of is. I think it's more embarrassing maybe for for Jemison to kind of fly him over to just like send out a tweet. To it's do kind this. of petty, isn't it? Is, yeah. yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. Sure, Connor's laughing all the way to the bank anyway, so I don't think he cares. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Yeah, he definitely doesn't care. But like, yeah, should should Max Holloway care maybe more about this than than you know McGregor certainly won't anyway. But like, it's it's a bit it's a bit odd to do it when that fight doesn't really look like it's going to be in the horizon when he's already. Yeah, lost if you're trying to get that fight, make it happen. It's not going to help get to the fight. If anything, it'll hinder you getting the fight. Yeah, like I I was on with the lads and obviously fight talk last week and they kind of asked me about Cerrone and stuff and I think the simplicity of the call out was actually more of a reason why the call out worked. Than anything because he was like, "Come on, Conor, we'll fight." And then McGregor like replied straight away, "Was like, yeah, yeah, let's fight. That, that's whatever." I think it was that. Yeah, well, Cerrone um, uh, was being nice about it. He was like, "It'd be an honor and all this stuff." And Conor kind of, I think, took the oh, if he's going to be nice, I'll be nice. You know, he he kind of said it about Frankie Edgar in the past. You know, uh, he kind of like nearly said like, "I'd like to fight Frankie Edgar, even though it, it didn't materialize, just because he's he hasn't been like you know." trash talking me he hasn't been saying my name in, in vain and stuff but I, I don't know I think people are making a big deal out of it this whiskey thing I just don't I think it's absolutely nothing yeah uh, alright let's get to the questions the first one is actually on Conor McGregor as well from Shane M over on Patreon uh, sign up Patreon patreon.com forward slash severe podcast or go to severe forward slash points there's loads of stuff up this week actually for the price of a pint a month I had <coughs> an, an, almost an hour and a half with Ben Cartledge talking about judging it was really interesting people seem to love that one uh, if you like uh, if you like pro wrestling I talked to Sean Rossap about the Royal Rumble coming up tonight and all elite wrestling and other stuff like that so there you go as Graham makes loads of noise in the background but anyway uh, how long uh, this, do you predict the prediction the, the suspensions even will be for Habib and McGregor this week it's they're coming up I think in the next couple of days with the Nevada Settle Commission I don't know if, like the thing about them get is delayed probably again will it probably will get delayed again like it always does but if, if yeah. they were to, to suspend them how long do you think McGregor gets how long do you think Habib will get I can't see McGregor getting anything like you, you don't just let somebody run and just like attack you you have to yeah. defend yourself like it's just a it's a natural human reaction to to not just <laughs> take punches in the face while standing there mm-hmm. yeah I uh, agree yeah. Yeah. I agree but uh, Habib's father I think mentioned somewhere I can't remember where it was reported but he was saying that they're looking at six to nine months for him mm. so maybe that does open up the the Cerrone fight in the meantime for McGregor but we'll see what happens here like McGregor might end up getting banned because they want to take some of that big purse and I see he could be definitely getting banned and getting fined because there's a big purse there as well mm-hmm. um, Pat Lundvall isn't there though so there'll probably be no lifetime suspension yeah ah pity pity <laughs> I'd love to see a bit of Pat Lundvall there I, yeah I think anything from 6 months to 12 months is fair enough for Habib you know, as I, as I said before, I think Habib, what Habib did was was understandable. You know, he lost his head and, and jumped out and, you know, he, he got back in pretty quickly or, or whatever. You know, that, look, that, these things happen in MMA, as, <laughs> as I said. But I think the lads afterwards were, were the real culprits and I think they should be dealt with way, way more harshly. I think McGregor shouldn't get absolutely nodding. I, I, I don't even think he should be here right now. I think it's... It's an absolute disgrace that he's even been called up in front of him. He but they don't have purses him. that you can take money from. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. That is a good point. So, uh, Sean Dinny, who's next UFC star you'd like to see visit our nation's capital? Uh, Mark Hunt was there not too long ago. Max Holloway there. Uh, Elias Teodoro was there not too long ago. Anyone else you'd like to? UFC like to star be? Elias Teodoro. Ah, uh, poor Elias! How dare you! <laughs> how dare you! Invicta ring by Elias Theodore. I suppose when I, when, I, when I do say like, like oh, I, I cover MMA or whatever, people are like, "Oh yeah, Elias Theodore." 
<laughs> He's the guy from the hair ad. Beautiful hair that man. Yeah, I'm gonna say uh, who's the UFC star. I'm gonna say uh, Hinata Maikano. There you go. Uh, Johnny Johnny Darling. Cindy Dandwa. Cindy Dandwa. She's thankfully not in the UFC anymore. Uh, has there been any clarity given over the lint of the latest UFC BT Sport deal? They just said multiple years. Uh, he's just saying here. Um, 2019 but no it was it was definitely a multi-year deal that they said uh, initially uh Amy mclean i'd say habib's book would be interesting will you guys give it a check out sure habib ali send it on to me there we'll have a read uh keen keating do you think pico will begin to use his wrestling after last night's loss or will he continue his reckless but very entertaining approach yeah i think he'll probably use well, his... maybe like you know a lot of guys have these amateur wrestling backgrounds and can't implement it in the mma because like you know the 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 it's a completely, it's completely different. We're well, not completely different, but it's it's a lot different. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you should at least mix in the threat of that that this might happen and make guys wary of that that he's fighting. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be a good idea. And he's early in his career. I'm sure he'll become more well rounded in every aspect, including mixing up his. Mixing in his wrestling. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Podge as well over on Twitter says, was there too much hype around Pico? Do you see him coming back from this loss? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can see that. I can see that point. But in Bellator, I only have that many other guys that they can kind of push. So it kind of makes sense to push him and to try and hype him. But obviously, it's been derailed a little bit there. But, you know, MMA fans and everybody has very short memories. You get a couple of nice wins and everybody forgets about that. Yeah, and uh, Andy Stevenson over on Twitter as well says, is BJJ, and this is one I'll talk more about on the Q&A, which will be out on, on Tuesday morning over on Patreon. Is BJJ a hugely overrated base for MMA? Like, I, I think... No, if, if you if, you, no? if defensive BJJ is huge. That's true. Like, like it's just that everybody kind of is... I can't remember how many, but there's like nine or 15. There's a low number of actual submissions and things that actually work on a regular basis mm-hmm. you know and a lot of guys who have trained for a lot of years can know know these moves and can can defend them uh, or can at least you know ride the round out until until the end if 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 they don't if they're not very good on the ground they can close guard and kind of hold on yeah. hope for a stop a stand up or the end of the round but no, jiu-jitsu is so important. Like, if you don't have any, if you don't know what's going on in jiu-jitsu, you're getting submitted pretty quick. I I think there's. I don't think there's any good base for MMA anymore. I think MMA is a good base for MMA these days. I I just think you. Well, you at the lower be, levels, at the well, lower yeah, levels, wrestling is the best. I think. Mm-hmm. You can just kind of take guys down at will and kind of just lay on them and just win the decision. Yeah, it's, uh, like it's pretty it's, handily. It's very rare you see top level guys being one dimensional this this time. Like look at even Habib now. You could maybe pull up that example. He knocked Conor McGregor down. You know his striking's improved. His his jab is is very good as, as well. You know he's not the best striker in the world or anything like that. But he is definitely functioning. He's definitely good enough to to strike to get inside to take you down. And like that that's all you need. But if he didn't have that, he'd be useless. Like he'd be absolutely terrible. Uh, yeah. But it's I don't I don't think there's any good base anymore. I t- I really think you need to be well rounded. You could be the best wrestler in the world, and you come up against someone who who will just destroy you because you're not well rounded. Same with look at Azagram last night. Sambo, yeah. Well, Sambo's kind of Sambo's very MMA like, isn't it? That's kind of just, yeah. It's fight. It's shoot fighting, really, like, isn't it? 
Yeah, kind of, yeah. You could probably argue, yeah. I think you're right, though. Like, if, if you're missing, if you have a gaping hole in any kind of party MMA game, it's going to get exposed pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. It definitely is. All right. Thanks, everybody, uh, for listening. Really enjoyed that podcast. Now, next week, we'll be back, obviously. I, I think... Uh, I think the big Australian pay-per-view is, is two weeks from now, so we'll be talking about that next week. We'll be obviously reacting to the Marais, uh Assens outing and any any more big news, that obviously the Habib and McGregor uh, case over Nevada as well, if anything happens with that. So uh, come back next week. Until then, over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash severe podcast. As I said, the rewatch for Marais and Assens out this week, the Q&A on Tuesday, and we probably have something else as well. Loads of other podcasts that are always fresh and always good to go back and look on. There's probably like 300 of them there now. So for a fiver, you can get all 300 of those or whatever it is there right now. Graham, anything to, to say before we go? No. All right. God, <laughs> God bless you, everyone. We'll end on the inspirational quote of the week. Yesterday is not ours to recover, but tomorrow is ours to win or lose. We'll see you next Tuesday or probably Sunday.